Hello, Chat Sapphire. Key, thank you for having us again. Mark, welcome at uh, Touchline again. We've got some very good discussions today. Yeah, good day, uh, all our listeners. Uh, Kas, nice being, nice being back. Exciting show lying ahead. Um, looking forward to sharing some positive rugby news from all over the world with our listeners. Thank you, Mark. Just to start off with, some sad news this week. We unfortunately had to say goodbye to a couple of rugby greats. It's very unfortunate to, to say goodbye to, to anybody. But in this case, we have them from in the 60s to almost schoolboys. We would like to send our condolences to the friends and family of the following people. To Kahunda. Kahunda was a South African under-19 rugby player and an enormous Koza commentator. Kahunda will be missed. Then to Mr. Paul Dobson, the father of the current Stormers coach, John Dobson, also a very big figure in South African rugby. Then to the family and friends of Mike Slemon, a former British and Irish Lions winger that toured South Africa in the 80s. And then very close to home, to the family of Mornay van Rensburg, Mornay being a Glenwood boy and played for the Sharks at various underage levels. From a mums and toti as a community and from a mums and toti rugby club, our thoughts and our prayers are with each and every one of your families and friends. Then the other news that we got this, this week, following on our last week's chat, is that club rugby has now officially been cancelled for the 2020 season. The only rugby that will be played in South Africa this year will be on a professional level, where all our professional sides have been allowed to return to train. Though with strict rules and regulations, but they are back on the, on the training field and preparing for a season or half a season going forward. Mark, your views on this? Yeah, Cas, uh, uh, thanks for that. Um, I think it's it's very sad for for rugby in general, more so in, in South Africa specific. It has a ripple effect right through to the top at at the Springbok level. Club rugby, unfortunately, will never be the same. But I think the right decision was made, in my opinion. Um, as I said last week, that there's more to it than rugby when lives are at stake, then it's not worthwhile going that route. And as a coach, um, it takes away that, that specific responsibility as well to ensure that uh, the players are safe. If you look at a provin provincial level or professional level, even with the regulations being enforced, there are players to this day that are being tested positive. Yes. Coming down to club rugby, um, where it's not as strict maybe, um, because we don't have all the yeah, resources control, yeah. to in, to enforce it, um, one can just imagine what could possibly happen. Um, that is on a, on a safety point of view. From a planning point of view, I think it's even better. Um, as you know, I specifically like to plan ahead. Being in the past where we weren't sure, we didn't know what to do, but now I can honestly say whatever we've done, we can it. The players will have a, a break of a month or six weeks and then we'll start with off-season. 
that goes for all the clubs. So I think it's it's a negative in that sense, but at least we got direction. We know where we're going. And I can tell you, I think next year's season, whether it's schoolboy rugby or club rugby, is going to be very exciting because be the guys are going to be hungry to play. Um, I think it's going to be like test match rugby at a club level. So it's exciting times. Um, we're going through a tough time, but I think it's exciting times. If you look at what's lying ahead with regards, and we're going to speak about this later, um, British and Irish Lions coming to South Africa and all that, this just builds up to that. And I think next year is going to be an awesome season. Just on the point that you made um, with regards to, to, to the timing of, of this decision, um, I also believe that it was the right decision to make. For, for one specific reason, and the one that stands out for me is that the timing issue, to get players on at club level fit for a game, and, and especially in the, the league that we are in, in the Premier League in, in KZN, to get them fit and match strong is going to be a challenge in a very short space of time. And our chances of injury would have been so much greater and I don't think it would have been fair to the players to actually get them back on the field in this short space of time. Definitely so. Um, as per our discussion in last week's program, we, we touched on that too. As I said, I was in contact with a few chairpersons and, and coaches from the other clubs. They too had programs like Doty did. The problem therein is that you had to rely on a player. So some players are possibly more committed than the others and not because the player is not committed in the sense of rugby, as I said last, last, in last week's program as well, that players listen to social media. Yes. They know that there's a possibility that it's not going to happen, so they might not push as hard because they know or feel within themselves that we won't be playing. Um, if you look at a Mamsam Toti as a, as a whole as a rugby club, you know, we're competing against teams in the Premier Division that have been winning the league for years on end. Um, their preparation might be different. And therefore, I agree exactly what you're saying is that, you know, we, we might be fit to play maybe another league. Um, we don't have the depth, number one, to chop and change week in and week out. So similar players need to play week in and week out and to keep their conditioning at a level. And to be honest, um, Toti Rugby Club, we've, we've changed strategies. Um, we've changed focus where we want to go to. So we want to compete against the best. And by doing that, we need to become the best and we need to train like the best. Um, I always say, um, we're playing Premier Division Rugby, I want to train like the Sharks train, because you need to aim somewhere else to achieve what you want to achieve. So, Definitely. three weeks would never have been enough, as we said last week. And to be honest with you, I, I thank Saru and the union for taking that stance, although it's, not, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but I think it's the right decision, definitely. It was definitely not the best one, but um, correct, the right one. Correct one, yes, 100%. Thank you, Mark. Then I want to have a quick discussion about South African super, sport, uh, super rugby teams now aiming for the Pro 14 or a discussion that was aired that they are going to play in the Pro 14. I personally don't believe that it, will be, that it will happen, that it will be the right way to go, purely for the fact that I don't believe that we're going to be kicked out of super rugby that easy. Your view? Well, there's, there's heated discussion around this. Um, I do agree and disagree um, with what they're saying and possibly what you're saying. Um, and that's why we have a, a chat show like this, because it's opinion-based and not necessarily the right way to go. 
from a from a Super Rugby point of view, I agree with you that it won't be that easy. Although Saru have made an announcement to say they're definitely looking at that, um, because there's television rights. There's they've signed contracts. I speak under correction till 2022 or 2023. So there's a breach of that. A breach of that, obviously, if it happens. But luckily, we don't get involved with that. That's sorry that we need to sort that out. Um, I can tell you my personal point of view is that I would actually love for us to play in the Pro 14. Um, I think Super Rugby in general has had a downward spiral. It's not the same as what it was when we started. Um, it's the same teams playing against each other year in and year out. Yes, it varies slightly as to who might be the front runners. And all credit to them, Crusaders is by far the leading team in Super Rugby. Yes, we want to challenge ourselves against Australasian sides, but I believe if we go to Pro 14, the Australian, New Zealand and South African unions will start arranging tours like in the past where New Zealand, for argument's sake, like the Lions when they come to us next year, will tour South Africa for a three or four test match. And I think that will pull the crowds. If you look, at all got to do with crowds. So currently, if we play Australia, there aren't even many people in the stadium in any case. So I think that is a positive. Second to that, in the Pro 14, so many of our local players play in Europe. Um, they know the conditions. That's where they are. Um, I think... To, to, to get the flavour back into rugby, that is the way to go. And then obviously one need to have a look at the time time zones and travelling and whatever, which is which is quite hectic if you go to Australasia. So I think I think there's there's two ways to go to go forward, whichever one is correct as long as we play rugby. Um, but my opinion is I'd love to see us to play uh, in the Pro 14 to to see how we can feature there. But why not play in both, like we've been doing now in the last couple of years that we play Super Rugby and maybe pull one of the bigger teams out of Super Rugby and leave the other better teams there and get a better team up in, in, in Pro 14 and we play in both leagues. We've got the number of players and as you say, we've got players up in, in the Northern Hemisphere and we, we can play in both leagues and, and I'm sure we can be competitive in both leagues and it will give us, our national side, a better scope of touring down under and touring to the north if we've got players based in both both leagues? It could work. Um, one of the problems that one might face is the fact that the professional players are contracted to certain clubs. So let's take the Sharks for argument's sake. Let's say the Sharks play in Pro 14. Um, and I'm only putting this from my opinion, um, not speaking on behalf of the Sharks. Um, but the Sharks have contracted players playing in South Africa. And let's say it's Munster have contracted players playing there. Um, so some of our players that are already playing there, that are already contracted, won't necessarily be able to play yes. for, for the Sharks, except if they have an agreement that could feature that. So I think the logistics behind that might be might be slightly difficult to try and implement. Um, the thought behind it is, is a good thought because we have so many. I, I can tell you now, if you had to make another Springbok side, we could easily field one from Europe that will give some of the top rugby-playing countries in the world a run for their money with for our sure. players that are there. Definitely. So it, it, I, th I think it is a topic that that uh, good topic for discussion. The logistics behind it, I think, might just be an issue. But um, I, I personally, as I said, it brings a new flavour to, to rugby in South Africa, and that's what it's about. Um, I respect New Zealand and, and Australia for their rugby that they bring, but this will bring a, a great vibe to us. Thank you, Mark. Some interesting subjects. 
and definitely something for me to think about. Thank you to all our listeners for listening. Goodbye from Touchline.